Welcome to Go Into All the World with your host, Gary Griffinhagen. As you've seen in Romans that we are free from sin and free from the old man and are new creations in Christ. The verses in Colossians that Gary has been going over shows how to practice putting on Christ, living out and being transformed in the new man and new woman that all believers have that great privilege to be. We know our position. Let's work now on our practices. Now back to Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 9. Now here's Gary. Well, I think Russ for kind of giving that introduction. You know, I did cover some Colossians, uh, scriptures from Colossians 3. And, of course, we did Romans 8, 5 through 8, 8. Today, again, as he said, I'm starting at 8, 9, and it reads this way. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Well, to me, this, this verse or these verses contain very, very powerful scriptures or powerful truths. Um, as I read one commentary, it said, when you say in Christ, okay, this indicates, or the Greek word indicates, a fixed, not changeable position. So when believers are in Christ, their position cannot be changed. We cannot go in and out of the Spirit. We cannot go in and out of grace. We cannot go in and out of salvation. In other words, when we are in Christ, it's not changeable. And that, to me, is a powerful truth. You know, I've mentioned many times that false teaching and false doctrine was the number one problem that most epistles say, if you want to call it, occurred or was happening in the early church. So we don't want a lot of false doctrine or false teaching get into our lives. So again, when you're in Christ, you are saved and you're saved eternally. Um, this verse also tells us why does a person have to be born again? Okay, when a person is born again, okay, his or her spirit is touched. That person or that person's spirit is made alive. The person's recreated, okay? They're, they're so to speak, if you want to say their, their new nature is kind of brought out, so whether it's recreated or new, newly created, either way. But again, we were formerly dead. Our spirit was dead. Now it's alive unto God, and the Spirit of God dwells in us. So as the verse says, without the new birth, without the Holy Spirit being inside of us, it says we are none of His, so any person, even those trying to follow God or trying to follow their ways or going to this church or that church, okay, we want to let them know, listen, you must receive Christ. If you do not receive Christ, if you do not have that Spirit of God that comes in you when you are born again or you receive Christ, okay, you are none of His. And that to me is a very powerful thing to share with people because we want to give assurance or security to people. And we also want to give assurance or security to believers, all right? Sometimes we stumble, we have doubts, we, oh, I did this, or something came up, or you get something, a track in your mind that tries to pull you off track or kind of says, well, gee, maybe you're not saved or you were saved, but, whoa, boy, you had bad two weeks there. They want to go back to that and say, no, I'm in Christ. It's a fixed position. Okay, John fourteen seventeen. I want to kind of use that here in, in conjunction with this verse, confirms that the world cannot receive the Spirit of God, in other words, people in the world. Here's kind of what it states, and I'll start with verse 16. Verse 16 states that Jesus will say or pray to the Father, and he will give believers another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, Again, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you believers know him for he dwells with you and he will be with you. 
Again, this is a powerful truth for us to know and to say to others. They're thinking, I'm in the world, I'm not too bad, or I'm not this. No, you can tell them, look, the Spirit of God, okay, is not perceived by people in the world. It's only, so to speak, made alive or you become, uh, you acknowledge it or you recognize it when you're born again. So again, tell people they must be born again and they can then have that Spirit of God that, so to speak, bears witness that they really are a child of God. And if you have some unbelieving friends, they kind of may argue again that point that, well, gee, my works and my actions or my religious observances are okay, and I'll probably be okay in the end, and God will probably accept me, and I'll probably get into heaven. But we can show them, according to this verse, that unless you have that indwelling spirit, okay, you are not one of his. Um, again, we're not here to condemn people or say, hey, you're going straight to hell. But you want to argue some of their points that they don't need to be born again. They don't need to receive Christ. You want to show them, no, they, they must be. That's the rule of the gospel. It's the good news that you can be reconciled to God. God made reconciliation, uh, reconciliation available through Christ. But you want to make sure we convey that to unbelievers so they don't get kind of deceived into thinking, well, I'm, I'm pretty much okay, or I'm okay, or I'm better than so-and-so, or according to my local church, I'm okay, and things like that. All right, let's go to Romans 8.10. It says, If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We just said that, okay, that Christ is in every born-again believer. and We would say he dwells in us and we're in Christ, all right? You remember verses like uh, Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, John 14.20, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So we kind of see this, that Christ is in us, all right? And even though our body is dead, so sin nature is kind of like, if you want to call it, cut off our flesh from, from God, all right? But what do we have? It says we have the spirit of life because of righteousness, all right? So our body is dead due to the influences of sin. Even though our old nature is gone, okay? Our body, so to speak, cannot be perfect. And again, we do want to emphasize your spirit is the real you. That's where you get born again. Your spirit gets born again. Your body, you want to renew it. You want to make it be under control to you, but it's never going to be perfect. We already read back in uh, last week, I read that it says if you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. So again, we can see that our our body, okay, is dead because of sin, but we're alive to God because of righteousness. And if we have to fight that residue that's still in us, all right, we can come against it, okay, with the Spirit of God. Again, I mentioned last week, it says, by the Spirit, you can mortify the deeds of the flesh. Think about how exciting it is. When it says you can do this, and it does say put off the old men and put on the new men, the Bible says if you, if the Bible says you can do this, you can. Does it say it's going to be easy to say it's going to happen overnight? No, but it gives me hope to know I can put off that old man. That old man is not going to dominate that me. The, the real me, the real recreated me, the real new me, I can put on that new man. Now I want to kind of walk in it like we talked last week from Colossians, and I want to renew my mind, all right? <clears throat> to end this verse here, there's a couple more comments. It says, one commentary said, The corruption from the old man has deadened our flesh, which indicates why no one can please God in the flesh. So we'd read last week that we cannot please God in the flesh. Well, this commentary is saying that the corruption from that old man is conquered or deadened our flesh. 
we're just simply not to, able to reach, if you think of a line or a standard or what the law requires and stuff, in our flesh, we can't reach that line. We can't make that standard. The bar has been set and it's much too high for us. We cannot please God in our flesh. So again, that's the reason we have to be born again. Um, the last part of this verse is you do have Christ inside of you by the Spirit. You have that, or we have the Spirit, okay? And this, to me, again, is, is so exciting because that Spirit of God, the Bible says that His Spirit can quicken our mortal body. So I can get strength for this life. I can get strength for anything God would call me to do. Um, and there's many, many scriptures which, sorry, that indicate or, so to speak, demonstrate the same thing, that we can get power from God. We can get strength from God. When we're down, we can cast down our doubt. We can cast down that despair, the spirit of praise, okay, for the garment of despair. In other words, we can find strength for this life. And I think that's very exciting. People sometimes find strength in, you know, maybe extramarital affairs or, so to speak, sexual sins or maybe drugs or alcohol. Well, guess what? We don't need those things anymore. We have the Spirit of God, and that Spirit of God can quicken our mortal bodies and quicken things that will allow us to put off those things that kind of come against us. Okay, well, let's go on to Romans 8.11, and we're kind of getting into me it's some of the, expir- the exciting part of, of Romans 8, where we kind of saw some of those early chapters, you know, I'm dead to sin, but I got to reckon myself dead, why do I still sin? I can't do what I want. Now we're going to see through the Spirit of God in Romans 8, with that Spirit inside of us, we can do those things, okay, that we wanted to do, and we saw Paul having difficulty with in verses, or sorry, chapters 6 and 7. So Romans 8.11 reads, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by a Spirit that dwelleth in you. Well, again, this is really, really great inspiration for me and welcome a welcome change, okay? So again, we saw in our flesh we could not serve God. We were kind of trapped until we got that new birth and our old man. After the new birth, we still had some residue to deal with. But now it's saying, by his spirit that dwelleth in you, okay, <clears throat> we can quicken our mortal bodies, okay? We've already known, again, that we can put to death the deeds of the flesh. Now our mortal bodies can be quickened. So we can put off the bad things and put on the new things. Allow our body to be quickened. Allow us to walk with more grace, love, joy, and peace. Um, and remember, if you're a believer, this spirit of God dwells inside of you. You know, we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a little different than just having someone born again. And the Spirit of God is inside every believer. That's what makes you a believer. Your spirit was dead. Now your spirit becomes alive. That's why you're a believer. We believe, when I say we, a lot of charismatic Pentecostal types believe there's a second infilling of the Holy Spirit or being baptized. So we're not talking about that. All I, I do encourage, and I've said over the, the programs, they encourage you to seek that, okay? I think it's very, very valuable. I've mentioned many times it's been extremely valuable in my life as I've gone into all the world and gotten some very, involved in some very, very crazy situations. Well, I really needed that pray in tongues, and I really needed a word from God or some direction from God and try to help people that are suicidal, depressed and something like that. So back to this verse again, it says we can be quickened, we can have a renewed life, you can have a renewed focus, you can have a renewed strength. And I want to mention this, you can have that on a daily basis. Don't let the devil deceive you. Well, if I get spent two or three months on the Word, then things are okay. 
you can be quickened today. You can be quickened tomorrow. And I think, brothers and sisters that are listening and listeners that are curious about this, I think that God wants us to daily seek him and so we can daily follow him and we can daily be used by him, all right? A lot of times, again, people put it off for some teaching or some program or next year or something like that. No, he wants us today. Today, the Bible says, is the, is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, don't neglect it. So God wants to lead you today. The Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. God wants to fulfill us every day. You know, the Bible also says the evil in today is sufficient thereof. So there's a lot of evil in today, but God wants to give us our daily bread. So again, I'm I'm kind of encourage you, please seek God daily and expect him to be in your life daily. All right. Does that mean you're going to hear thus saith the Lord kind of a, a voice from heaven every day? Not necessarily, but you'll hear it and you'll sense it. You'll become sensitive to it. And then when he really begins to, so to speak, show you how to walk in that, you'll walk in it and you'll do some of the things that myself and many others have done. as we've listened to the Holy Spirit, where to go, what to do, when to lay hands on and things like that. OK, let's go to Romans eight twelve. It says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Okay, and we saw that last week. We don't want to live after the flesh. We are not debtors to it. We're free from it. And again, this is the old man, not the residue. We're free from that old man. So we're not a debtor to live after the flesh. Um, think about that. And we <clears throat> we want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Try again, and I've said it many times in the last program this, try again to walk in the Spirit. Seek God's Spirit. Let His Spirit begin to minister to you, both about changes in your life, but also about ministry and opportunities on the outside. Okay, Romans 8, 13 says, For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if we through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Well, I've made four or five points here. I'm just going to go through them one at a time. I think these are very important. We're kind of um, encapsulating or kind of summarizing some things that we've seen from the first uh, 8, 12, 13 verses of Romans 8. Okay, the death spoken of here is not necessarily physical going out of this world. I think it may be better expressed as death, I'm sorry, defeat, or being defeated, okay? It says, you shall die if we live after the flesh. Again, and we're not talking necessarily about physical death or instant death. We're just talking about you can have areas of your life that will either be dead to God or could be in defeat. Okay, next point is many of these last verses express, we know the believers have the Spirit. Again, the Spirit can quicken us. It can help us to mortify or defeat the residue of sin living in us or left in us. Um, we saw some of those bad characteristics in Colossians. And when they rise up, again, as I mentioned, you can have the Spirit help you to resist, flee, defeat, throw off the temptations, throw off that, oh, I'm going to throw up my hands because I can't, I can't do anything. No, He can help you. Um, and then, uh, the next point here, and this is an example I kind of made last time, an example would be if a brother commits an act or a sin against us, or we perceive it as such. Maybe we perceive it as a slight, even if there's no intention. We can, be, we can become tempted, or we are tempted sometimes, and we can be tempted to act or react harshly. We can maybe get angry. We can maybe start cutting the person down. Uh, if we don't things, or if things don't get resolved quickly, 
we can even react or allow bitterness to begin to set in, okay? Because bitterness to me is something that sets in much longer than an initial anger. It's like, he did this to me, and 10 days later, I'm still saying, he did this, he did this. Well, now pretty much I'm building up a spirit of bitterness, or I'm building up an area of bitterness in my life. We don't want to do that. And if we listen and we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he'll quicken to us, all right? If I'm in a difficult situation, he quickens verses to me that bring peace. He quick he quickens verses to me that help me to fight or, so to speak, resist getting mad at my brother, resist getting mad at life, resist worrying about COVID, resist these things, all right? And I want to then walk in, if I'm going to resist on this side, I want to walk in some of those things we saw last time in Colossians, okay, last week. I want to be kind, I want to be tender-hearted towards a brother or sister that does something that maybe I consider wrong or maybe was off track or something. I want to, so to speak, I want to be, how should I say, bearing with that person. I want to be tender-hearted. I want to keep loving them. Again, as I expressed last week, I don't want to expose them something I would consider a sin. Okay, And I think the Bible says if there's even a complaint, or I think that means even a suggestion of a complaint, we can forgive we can forgive because Christ forgive us or forgave us if you would. Um, I'm going to say one more, well, two more points, excuse me here about this. It says through the spirit, okay, we can mortify the body, the residue and the outside influences so we can put on and walk in the new man. And last week I kind of mentioned those verses in Colossians. I want to talk a couple more now about things we want to put on, how we want to walk. We kind of know what's wrong, okay, love, joy and peace are good, you know, uh, filth, worry, depression, uh, sexual sins, all that kind of stuff is wrong. Well, let's look at a couple more things that are good, like we saw in the end of Colossians. It was Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Well, listen to this verse. Galatians 5, 16 and 5, 25 express this new life. This is what they say. 5.16 reads, I say then, walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk after the Spirit. And I want to encourage you today, when we see these verses that says walk or that say walk in the Spirit, that means you can walk in the Spirit. A lot of times we get this, well, walking in the Spirit, it's got to be something ethereal or kind of maybe beyond reach, or you got to be a Billy Graham Plus or, you know, the best pastor in the world or a Robert Morris or one of these guys we see on TV that seems to be so far back. No, the Bible says you can walk in the Spirit. And then it says when you walk in the Spirit, you, you, everyday believer, okay, will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Then verse 25 again, it says, if we live in the Spirit, and we know we do. We have the Spirit of God inside of us. We can live in it. Then guess what? Then we want to walk after it. We already know we're living in it in the sense that we have it. Now we want to walk it, and that's what we talk about, following the Spirit. Either things I see, love, joy, and peace, or the Spirit says go to Target instead of Walmart, and there's a blessing there, or maybe there's somebody at Target he know needs some prayer, or he knows could receive him, or needs to hear the Word, or some kind of, maybe the Word's already been planted, and he needs some watering that Word. That's why God does those things, so we can minister to other people. 
Uh, occasionally, I'm sure God sends us to a different store, a different area for sale or, or something that's kind of, you want to consider it a blessing. But a lot of times in my life, I know God's sending me somewhere because that's where ministry lies. And he wants me, okay? He's created me for good works that he prepared. The Bible says long beforehand. So I want to follow those good works. I want to walk in those good works. Okay, the other point that I mentioned here is that we read or we heard, okay, I'm not sure it was like six, I believe it's in six or maybe the end of seven. It says, reckon ourselves dead to sin. So again, if Paul says you can reckon yourselves dead to sin, then you can, all right? If you said, the Bible says you're dead to sin, you are dead to sin. Again, we don't have to sin. If we're dead to sin, if we're set free from sin and our old nature because we got born again, okay, is gone, we don't have to sin. I'm not saying that we won't, but again, take those positive statements and look at them and say, God, I don't have to sin. I don't need this. Remember the people that walked away from porn, the people that walked away from alcohol, the guy that walked away from smoking. They just literally one day said, I'm not going to walk in this anymore. They walked away. They reckoned themselves dead. And they also reckon themselves as the righteousness in God in Christ. So the strength of God, that spirit that quickened inside them, it quickened their mortal body to walk away from porn, to walk away, to drop the drug paraphernalia, to not shoot up right in the middle of shooting. You just stop. Right in the middle of looking at pornography, you just stop. The guy that was smoking, right in the middle of smoking, he just stopped and walked away. So again, to me, that just brings a great comfort and a great peace. Because sometimes the Bible says we're, we're kind of trapped by those sins that easily beset us. So if I know there's a way out, I'm not going to be depressed about those things. And I'm also going to preach to others. God can set you free. God can deliver you from these things and show them these scriptures and pray with them and kind of, if you want to call and keep feeding them and keep feeding ourselves or our, yourself, if you would, so you can overcome sin in all areas of your life. Then you're going to walk in more love, joy, and peace, just like the word promised. Okay, let's go to Romans 8.14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Well, again, I've got five points, and I want to go through them one at a time. This verse, to me, um, it kind of needs some explanation. We know that a Christian has to have, or what makes a person a Christian is having the Spirit of God inside of them. So to some degree, and we said some degree, if you want to say it that way, or we know that all believers have the Spirit of God. Okay, If they don't, they're not a believer. They're not going to be part of his, as the verse said. But having the Spirit, or when we have the Spirit, it's going to affect some areas of our life. Now, my next point is that most past, pastors and teachers and, and Bible commentators would kind of agree that people that seem to be led by the Spirit more than others, or there's some people that seem to be led, are probably more mature than other people. Now, maybe there's a temporary condition, you're really led by the Spirit, and maybe one week of your life or one day of your life because of some event or something going on. But generally speaking, okay, people that are following in our sense of the Spirit are going to be more mature than people that aren't. Because the Spirit knows where to take us, knows how to build us up, knows how to say, speak work in our lives, maybe knows to cut out some of the dross that we take in, some of that dumb stuff that we take in, and you know, wants to clean our feet and things like that. <clears throat> and I think when I say led by the Spirit, a lot of times I want to encourage you that when I say led by the Spirit, sometimes it means that you seek the Spirit of God, and sometimes it means, okay, that you yield to the Spirit of God, all right? 
Um, I'm not going to go into a lot, but you know, in my ministry, all right, there's been a number of times where, you know, God said switch lines at the Maverick store. The clerk over in line two needs to be touched. Um, the, 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 girl, the, the girl that was abused by her dad and didn't want me to turn him in. Well, God had a better plan than turning the guy in. Um, the lady in the counseling center, she's walking away. She's depressed. She's probably worse off than when she came in because she had some hopes and nothing helped, okay? Well, I went up to her and said, let's pray together. And we did, and she got delivered. In other words, God has a way of leading and showing you these things. Switch lines at Maverick. Pray for that lady. Don't turn the dad in because he wants to help people to a greater degree than maybe our initial responses. That's why we want to live and seek and follow the Spirit. The Spirit knows far more than us. The Spirit knows everything. We don't know anything in one sense, all right? Well, I know I'm ready to kind of kind of end the program here. Well, as I mentioned the Scripture again, for as many led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Try to be led by the Spirit of God. And I encourage you, share with people in your sphere of influence, okay, that they can be open to the Spirit of God. They need to know Him, of course, be born again. But they can have the Spirit of God lead them, even through difficult times like we see now with COVID and things like that. They can also realize, hey, through the Spirit of God, I can mortify my flesh and make me become out of some of the areas they're kind of bound up into. Well, God bless you again. Thank you so much. Lord willing, next week we'll pick up with Romans 18, where it says we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Hope these verses have helped you. Come join me next week as we go into all the world.